Beloved beings of earth, things, timelines, minds, hearts, intentions, and humanity itself is shifting and expanding. You may have noticed that you feel more connected to streams of love, strength, bravery, freedom, confidence, innovation, collaboration, peace, joy, bliss, inspiration, and perhaps the stream of grace and the stream that connects us to the source of all that is. Beyond time, beyond space, beyond any of our limitations, there is the source that knows you and I intimately and reveals purpose to us in perfect and divine timing. So let me reflect to you now. You are right on time. I too have shifted into another form myself, perhaps more of my dragon coming through, and also my multidimensional human grounded into the core of Gaia Pachamama. And from this place, from this home frequency, I am connected to all that is inherently divine and can share Queen Prophecies podcast. Are you coming along for the ride? As the silver river of grace, I intend for the floods of cosmic remembrance to rain down into your throat chakra to align you with your truth codes, your true soul timing, and an authenticity to bless the golden ages of this planet, planet Earth. Through the transmissions, shares, and frequencies of this new season, may the frequency of divine truth assist in the upgrades and activations of all at this precise moment on earth. Sit back and enjoy the frequencies. Welcome to my ocean frequency and wave on the internet here at Queen Prophecies podcast. Today we are traveling to receive pieces of ourselves, gems and gifts from the realms of the inner child and the ancestors. Perfectly aligned and timed, Risa Luna shares from the sacred valley of Cusco, from Urubamba, a place that served as my home for three months during 2020's lockdowns in Peru. I mean, what are the odds? I only believe in synchronicities, so the potency of the Andes region of Peru for healing mother wounds and sacral themes, as well as reconnecting anyone who is willing and ready to remember the magic of our inner child or inner children, as Risa explains, is going to be felt in this transmission. Our divine inheritance is destined because it is timeless. And for me, the realms of the inner child and ancestors Remind that we are never alone. Support is right here always. And your healing journey is yours. It's what you make it. 
You only have to connect your heart and your belly. And remember, we are always connected to the Divine Mother and Pachamama. You may feel a warmth in your belly throughout our time together, or perhaps butterflies and fairy wings fluttering around and in you. As with everything I share, I invite you to discern what truths are yours and to swim freely in those delicious and sacred waters. This episode is steeped in personal storytelling because the mother and the Ma collective believes that in hearing what is possible, you will believe you are worthy of your own explorations, adventures, and healing breakthroughs. Before the episode begins, this dragon has a few announcements. The first is the upcoming eight-week solar journey from Live From The Heart, a call for Earth leaders to step forward here and now. Yes, this is that journey with me for eight weeks in which we are going to hold weekly ceremonies, gathering, diving into a really profound container of the solar plexus where the lion and lioness becomes crowned, where they become their crystallized form after, yeah, after some deep, deep subjects, modules, collaborative ceremonies. So please, if you feel the lion call or the call of the lion mother, check out dragonslovecacao.com. All the information is pretty much on every page of the website. The journey begins October 29th, so get yourself over there if this feels like it is for you. Second announcement is the Patreon. It is alive and really serving as a space of support and beautiful, just kind of private shares as well as updates from California, from the grid. There will still be some early podcasts released uh, released on the Patreon exclusively for the rest of the year. So right now there are three podcasts that um, were released early and two of them are not going to be available till later in October. So these might be things you are interested, astrology, um, astro herbalism, beautiful, beautiful beings sharing wisdom and their frequencies and codes and stories. So visit the Patreon if this sounds like it is something you would like to dive into. The Patreon members also get either free access or discounted access to some of the online ceremonies. And lastly, you can find more goodies and gifts on my YouTube channel, as well as my website, dragonslovecacao.com. This is also where you can decide whether a private session or mentorship is something that calls to you everything from dragon grid work to the realms of plant medicine, specifically the master plant and serpentine dragon teacher, Ish Kakao. So everything is in the description of this episode as a link. Now let's dive into this episode. Lots of love. Hello, you beautiful, beautiful beings. Thank you so much for 
tuning in today we have another beautiful guest and conversation and hopefully um, an expansive space for you to receive precisely what you are meant to in this moment in time um, it is my intention to really just yeah hold space and i believe my beautiful sister will introduce herself right now um, she's a great space holder for those of us who need to and desire to connect with our inner child so please introduce yourself and where you are located okay hi everyone thank you ariana for inviting me for this conversation and yeah i'm risa luna vega bosquiaso uh, i'm a inner child facilitator sometimes an artist sometimes a dancer uh, dance conscious dance um yeah also facilitator because i think dancing is such a key tool to for healing so that's my practice is part of my practice and inner child is mm, at the moment what um what i'm doing more uh, i offer yeah space for people to really connect directly i would say with their inner child with my sessions and have the opportunity to take them from yeah unwanted dangerous scary spaces in their subconscious so that's what i do basically and i live in urubamba in the sacred valley cusco peru so before I ask and kind of weave our inner child connections, I am curious if you actually have a like a technical background in therapy. Um, no, I don't have a, a something official. It's what I have built through experience and mainly through uh, spontaneous encounters with my own inner child that catapulted me into this world, which I didn't know and was so healing for me that it opened up a field that was fascinating. And the more I explored it, the more I was convinced that that was a really, really um, way, I would say shortcut for many other therapies I have tried before because it works in a level that is much more, um, yeah, I would say more, more direct. So more than also healing the child is like training yourself to understand how much we have gone through and how much more compassionate we need to be after realizing that we are survivors of our own story. Yeah. Survivors of our own story. That, that's interesting that you use that particular word. Um, 
Do you find that people that reach out to you almost always have deep inner child, um, I'll use the word trauma because that's what a lot of people understand as maybe pain stories, suffering, um, also just really deep emotions that take take up space in their reality now. However, however many years have gone by, they could literally be, you know, in their 30s like me, they can be 40s, 50s. I know even I can speak from experience. All the people that I meet and I talk to, if I ever bring up the inner child, it doesn't matter what age they are, they will have a, a um, for the most part, they will have a story. They will have a connection to a pain point in their past when they were young. So do you find that those are the people that are drawn to you? Do you ever have people that are completely like pain-free in their childhood? Because you use the word survivor, so I'm just kind of curious there. Yeah, somehow the whole um, idea of inner child work, of course, calls in people that recognize that their uh, childhood has been yeah, complicated to say the least. But some others are just, they have some kind of feeling that things went wrong. But some people start saying, it's interesting because they come and say, yeah, my childhood was pretty normal, you know? <laughs> but of course it was not. And we tend to justify what we have been through because we love our parents. Uh, and we, kind of protect those memories because we kind of want to hold to not everybody for sure but many of us want to hold to the best parts ignoring that there were a lot of needs that were met so that's where it began so yeah I have different people coming but yeah the wounds that I see are incredible and that's why maybe the word survivor is is just good because I see stories that are incredible, incredibly hard for the children to bear, mm -hmm. and still they are functioning, you know, as they have jobs, families. Of course they they got they have difficulties, and that's like the bell that's ringing and saying, well, possibly, there are some things that are not working and they might be related to my childhood experiences, but most of them don't see the depth of the harm, which is pretty outstanding because when you see it from outside, wow, you're impressed to, to see them. Yeah, even blaming themselves, you know for things that they cannot achieve and you say well come on you come from this family you have gone through all these and you blame yourself wow that's that's typical mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and also it's important for me to say that it is not about also blaming the parents uh it's about seeing what happened and how this um, had this impact in your life. 
as an, a child, adolescent, and adult, you know? And yeah, that's, and it goes kind of fast for my clients to, to get rid of, of a lot of guilt, shame, pain, because we use different tools that are quite holistic and connected to also nature and you know to to they tap into their own wisdom mm -hmm. and because even if you are very uh, harmed wounded this higher self as i call it or healthy adult is there so it's a matter to to make this part stronger we we can all do that i believe or well, almost all of us i mean yeah of course there are levels but yeah i believe that it's something that doesn't die doesn't yeah that is there i'm glad you brought that up about the healthy adult that exists yeah. for all of us to tap into because I want to bring up the concept of time and kind of play with the fact that um, for me personally, the inner child actually exists outside of time. Because mm -hmm. what I have connected with in my own journey with the inner child work that I've devoted part of my journey to is that there is a space, there is a, maybe a realm, you could say even. So a dimension, a realm, a place, a space where there is a perfect inner child that exists. And I, I call it the golden solar child. So it's like the divine mm -hmm. child, mm -hmm. the one that is full of wisdom, that is full of light, that is, is literally the spark of creation that hasn't gone through any of what you or I would call pain and fear and trauma and hurt and all of those things. And kind of how you're using the, the this adult, this version of us that is also maybe not perfect, but that is the higher version of us that knows basically our future in some way, that knows where we're going that knows what's possible i feel on both ends we have in we have in some realm we have the inner child that also knows all of those things this perfect golden untouched light and mm -hmm. i feel that we, we're constantly working with both the past the future and these perfect versions of us in these other realms do you agree yeah, I think this is another way to look at them. Uh, at look at it. Um, yeah, when you describe the the child, I don't know. I felt like you're describing the soul, but maybe this is a different concept. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and yeah, I would say that the higher self is the loving, understanding, compassionate part of us that is ready to to parent or oh, because i also don't believe 
there is just one inner child, but we work with few of them, um, you know. So I think it's pointing to the same spot, but maybe other different uh, points of view or, you know, ways to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So can you elaborate on that piece? How how do we have multiple inner inner childs or inner children? Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, sure. In that way, I also I have followed some training with uh, internal family systems. I don't know if you are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And they call parts um, to different energies. And the more I see it is they are talking about different children. And in that um, that same way, I think different ages develop different beliefs and and strategies to protect um, the self, the system, you know? And the problem is that these different ages pick up beliefs that are not true, like I am not lovable or I'm not enough, etc., etc. And depending the age, they um, start um, complicating in different ways uh, the adult uh, behavior uh, exchange of yeah relationships so suddenly you can be in a romantic relationship and in a moment your partner is saying something that you become a three-year-old person and of course you are reacting from the wounded three-year-old so it becomes really complicated Uh, and i can maybe tell you an example of my own life uh i was brought by a mom that was very strict uh and she was quite scary for me growing up with this she was pretty angry (laughs) yeah she she changed a lot so now she's amazing sweet lady and we laugh a lot together but this is years after and i remember when i was raising my son and he probably was 10 or 12 and he has a very strong character and whenever i had to say something that was a bit confronting for me for him i became a little child escaped scared of my own child which was crazy and so frustrating because i suddenly was becoming a small scared girl that couldn't be a mom for he, for her child, you know? So that was pretty, uh, yeah, hard for me to, and that was one of the things that made me realize that I had to do so much healing. Yeah, because yeah, this is an example of how things can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of, I've kind of heard this piece about the first seven years of life, the first seven years of our life having the most impact 
on how that child aspect of us um, mm. is going to carry into their not only their next cycle but basically it can go all the way to adulthood and even old age the trauma stories the mm. like you use the word strategies right because we're creating these strategies for protecting ourselves for um managing right trying to manage things that yeah. even as a child we should never have to manage in some instances like I rem I'll use myself as an example I remember I used to believe I was the glue to my family so I'm the younger of two two girls mm -hmm. my family was family of four mom dad my older sister and me yeah. And I felt that I was the glue. So there were times in my life where if I would hear arguing, if I would hear fighting, um, if I knew things were not right in the house, and I had my bedroom on the upstairs, kind of very far away from the kitchen, let's say, yeah. opposite end of the house and on the, on the second floor and the kitchen was on the first floor. And I could hear what was going on, almost like my ears gained this superpower to mm -hmm. hear that there was fighting so that I could try to find a way to fix it or stop it or even unconsciously like transmute the energy myself from my room. And that became later on like me feeling like I, I had to manage energies different people's energies and i use the word manage because it's the word that's coming up right now but um mm -hmm. somebody else might say that they had to uh, maybe i don't know like just be very very emotionally involved all the time with what was going on with every everybody else and i know this happened from very young for me Mm -hmm. So then it carried on and carried on and carried on and um, and it's challenging even now to really get that that discernment of like is this is this my feeling is this my energy is this my story or am I trying to do what I'm very good at in some sense because I was doing it from childhood mm -hmm. you know yeah it's where you you need to choose what is handy that's what you described is one of the the parts that we work is like the roles we developed at certain age you know mm -hmm. and this one you described is perfectly yeah a, a role that some roles come with a gift as well if you choose to keep them and use them on your own behalf of or behalf of others mm -hmm. so that can make you very empathic or even a very skilled communicator you know but if you are not sure where's your boundaries and can be also harmful for yourself so that's pretty interesting how yeah if you are aware of it of course that makes it much easier <laughs> to to use them you use these this you you describe as superpowers that you heard them even if you were far but of course you could even possibly 
feel the energy more than hear them. Well, that's mm -hmm. really impressive. Mm. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the gift too. Mm. Because I think that's actually really maybe the maybe it's like the point of some of those pain points or some of those woundings um because we do live in a in a realm of polarity because we do understand at least you know opposites it's night and day you know light and dark you know pain and joy we understand these points even the sour and the sweet for instance um if we didn't experience sour times in our childhood it's almost like I feel like I wouldn't be as gifted as I am right now. I'm using I'm using the word gift because um, I also haven't studied much in terms of therapy. I haven't um, been schooled in modalities besides Reiki for healing others, but I have this bank of experience, like you mentioned what led you to your inner child work was work even offering it for others not just for yourself was mm -hmm. the fact that your experiences showed up and said i'm going to gift you something do you want to mm -hmm. see where we can go with this gift yeah yeah you are describing the the wounded healer this concept have you heard about it yeah. yes i think whether you have studied or not, I think there is pretty much the, the beginning of many, many healers. <laughs> they had a difficult start in this world. Yeah. Or, be, or beyond this life even. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not so, <laughs> yeah, I don't manage that that realm so <laughs> so i i have enough for <laughs> with this this one <laughs> but it's possible i remember i had uh, years years ago i was still living in amsterdam and i contacted yeah funny enough the book that where i found her this was a, an african healer was called the gift hmm. um yeah <laughs> and she read the um, shells and she told me that I came from a lineage of healers. And at that time, I was struggling with my life. And, and she said, you should go back to Peru and start doing what your grandma and grand grand. And I knew my grandmas. And of course, they were not healers. But she somehow told me that I came from some Peruvian lineage of healers. And that was fascinating but also bit okay, you know, because yeah, my family, I, I lost track of, I cannot go further, my grandparents. So, but what you mentioned can be also something that we just don't know, but it's there. Yeah. So, because this is very much my realm. <laughs> The, oh, right. ancest the ancestral <laughs> piece like the yeah. um, I call it the return the, right. re the return to a knowing that mm -hmm. comes from your lineage and mm -hmm. maybe consciously 
we don't always know what's happening, but the return or many returns back to, let's say, where we were born or the land where our parents or grandparents was born, uh, maybe even like mm. the specific village or the house or the region, mm. that is the realm of like, it's when the ancestors call that something switches on inside of you, inside of your DNA, mm. and it you can't go backwards anymore. It's literally this, um, this journey, this mm. gift, this huge gift, and, and I'm going to use the word mystery because it has everything to do with the realm of mystery. There is there's no like clean line, clean path, clear to get back to um, this knowing because, because of how our world is, because of how a lot of our ancestors were stripped from, either stripped from their lands, their, their practices, uh, spiritual or just communal with the land, with, the, with, with each other, with people with plants, with medicines was taken away, or perhaps their language was taken away. At least this is the case for a lot of my closest ancestors. So the lands of Mexico, mm. and maybe the same for you in Peru, because we know these lands were conquered. We know new energies came in and what was there either had to be hidden, it had to be tucked away, it had to be put into symbols and other practices sometimes they get very merged blended and um and that can be very beautiful even to see how powerful it was for some of our ancestors to become maybe christian or catholic or something else mm. other than what they were but they hid so much of their magic and their wisdom and that lineage that remembrance in the simplest thing like lighting a candle every catholic church has candles all over the altar has candles where we pray has the symbol of the light but who is to say that that wasn't something that was also just in every village in every town in every mm -hmm. community to gather mm -hmm. around the light to gather around the fire i'm curious when she read the shells for you mm. and said go back to peru what was your besides the reaction of you know being surprised hmm. did you go back right then uh, make a plan after many years after many years i cannot tell you how many years but possibly nine years after and yeah i had to do a lot of healing she was into pretty much into uh, ancestor work because i had to ask i remember a cousin to send some uh, some uh, mud some dirt from Peru. I don't like to use dirt because it sounds weird, but it's, you know, the soil, mm -hmm. soil. Yes. Mm -hmm. By, because I had to do it. Um, I have, um, also some, uh, yeah, a, a, an Italian grandparent. So I had to do food for them, like typical Italian, typical Peruvian food, bring it to the highest spot in, in Holland, which is, crazy because there are no i had to go to germany and it was maybe 100 meters high because it was still holland but was uh, funny that i had to go to a higher 
place to make my ritual and it was yeah pretty beautiful because it was my first um encounter with this kind of rituals that now i i use myself maybe not physically but with the imagination yeah i follow i go with maestros queros from peru and i do a pago you know an offering but it's it's not uh i'm learning now how this works and yeah i i make these blessings these gratitude rituals but then i use also the four elements since a few years ago i was dancing and i realized that I had to start dancing with the elements. So I created, of course, it's not, yeah, the four elements are universal, but I realized that while I was dancing in in a garden, I felt the need to dance with the four elements one by one, and it started like a need, and it became a kind of practice that I still do for myself and give to others. And it includes, I include also these with the inner child, sometimes group workshops or even um, in my in my sessions because yeah I for instance we finish um, bringing the child outside the parental home is a whole process and then they are in nature and this beautiful landscape that is all harmony and it's within the heart of the client and i invite them to to the child to choose or sometimes it's the adult who chooses one of the four elements to give to release all the things that they have been carrying and they yeah they how their faces change and the breath and the posture because they really feel they are so much into the process into the journey that they really give to that element their their you know what their their weights their pain whatever and and i love that because yeah it's it's like going back to the wisdom of the the first <laughs> i don't know the first habitants or our ancestors you know that they were all working with nature and asking nature to to do things for us and and thanking because this is also part of of the of the process that we thank the element and i have an altar with the four elements in in my practice for instance yeah i think it's so powerful and it's very subtle but it works so well which is wonderful so i i i think this was a glimpse of what is was going to happen in my life but it took a while for me to embrace even yeah for different reasons i wanted to live in this part of the world for for maybe 20 years but for different reasons it was not possible until it was and pandemic came and i was suddenly there so well whole story but also this uh pandemia wake wake up in me the love for for the land and and knowing that yeah you can be autonomous in many ways like sewing 
um, having a, a veggie garden. And it, I started with crates mm -hmm. because I didn't have land, you know. And now, well, I'm in love with with the abundance of how nature gives, nurtures us literally, not only, but also I think is, yeah, when you start uh, growing your own food, you understand, oh, that was it. <laughs> that was, that, that's how we are meant to live. Having a piece of land and grow, our food, which is for people living in the city, kind of, I was one of them as well, like Alien, you know, you go to the supermarket, if you are a little bit conscious, you go and get your organic veggies, but still the connection is, is not there. Mm -hmm. So everything is kind of, yeah, growing into a simple life. Where I am, there's no no cinema. I don't miss it. I was an artist, and I was yeah. For me, it was super important to go to galleries and get all these. I mean, I am happy if I can see beauty and art. You know, it it fits me in a way. But being in front of a mountain or seeing a a hummingbird also does it. <laughs> you know, so nothing is better than the other. But for me, in this time of my life, this is what I needed. Yeah. I I feel like it's important to honor different chapters in our life, even because Absolutely. from what you're saying to me, it it's it feels very close to something that I've been um, dancing. A, dancing with right now because i have both the very very strong european lineage mm. in my blood and also the very very strong america's lineages mm. um from north america all the way down to south america i've done my my ancestry and i have um ancestry in chile in south america mm. like chile bo bordering parts of peru and then Central America, I have Mayan lineage and Mexico. I have ancestors from the north to the coast, Caribbean coast to the south. So it's just, and Central Mexico as well. So there's this part of me that wishes I could just split myself. <laughs> like, can I be in both places at once? Can I be in Europe where I know there is not only much medicine that is for my soul for my um my own joy as well like you're talking about beauty you're talking about um the mountains and all these things and there's parts of europe that not only in spain and mm -hmm. um, other places that i've lived short term like greece but there's this aspect of beauty that i find in europe that it, it's so different than the Americas. It's it's a different beauty. They're not one is not better than the other, but yeah. they both do something to my heart that I can't silence that piece of me that says you have to live that. You have to experience that. You have to give that to yourself, because your inner child actually is one of the the main clues that I used to go through the um, 
the National Geographic, you know, when I was a kid and just like rip out pages and put them in my room and say, I'm going here, I'm going there. It was like this travel um, um, spirit that just has always been with me. And I didn't know how and I didn't know when and I didn't have to know, but I could never shut that off. And when it finally started manifesting and I physically started going, you know, far away from California, something just clicked, something happened in me because it was also divinely planned by my ancestors. They were also saying, ah, you're not only going to go to Spain and like do, you know, your five month semester while you're in university in Spain, you're going to have to go back and live there and be somewhere that is connected to your ancestry. You, you don't have to know that that's what it is, but the pool was so strong to move back to Spain and teach English there that every year that I let it go by that I was living in California, I knew I wanted to be in Spain every year I just let it go by let it go by I wouldn't apply I wouldn't apply. It was like a part of me was was dying as I was not honoring that and I know that everything happens in its divine timing so I just kept keeping that dream alive that I think my inner child was keeping that alive for me as well, so that when the time and the moment everything aligned it was like okay now you're going to apply and you're going to get it and you're going to go and everything is going to change and that was 2015 and everything has changed because finally my european ancestry was starting to make peace inside of me with this like warrior indigenous warrior like the europeans kind of um, conquered all of my beautiful ancestors over here. And I needed to go over there to make peace with that because even that was inside of me, like just battling, talking about the, the battles of the inner child. I think I have, I have so many different battles that I've set time to address. And one of them is the ancestral battle.
many of us, we are those parts, we are those people, part of us is, is them. And when I went to Galicia in Spain, um, it's, it's not your, it's not the warrior part or the, you know, they weren't the people that had the ships that went to the Americas to conquer. They're the people of the land. They're the people, they're the Celts. They're the ones that work the land even today if they live in the city they all have una casa de campo mm -hmm. and they had they grow their food and they gift their big calabazas and their you know their greens they gift it all the time and they invite people over to come eat and they cook and they gather together and that's where i was guided that's where i was shown this is your lineage this is a part of who you are and it just started cracking open my heart like once I could start to see that this was the spiritual journey finally becoming less mysterious and more like right in my face what was happening mm. yeah so you didn't know that you, you you had some you have some European lineage like you okay and from Spain or, or you say Galicia, did you know that or you found out in another more spiritual way or an energetical way? I didn't know. I mean, I'm assuming yeah. I have Spanish blood because of the Mexican sure. ancestry yeah. right. and because of my skin tone and because mm -hmm. we were all very mixed in Mexico, like thousands yeah. of you know, years already. Of course um but no i didn't know anything about okay, Galicia, okay. and i also after that when i came back to california and did my ancestry well then it showed me i have irish i have english i have french mm. i have um baltic it's a lot of european it's not mm. just spain spain is like 36 37%, but then there were mm -hmm. all of these other pieces, even Portugal. Portuguese is its own, it's like eight or nine percent also. So that's fascinating. I haven't done that, but I think it's it's very very beautiful. Uh, yeah. It's like like yeah, like thinking where you come from. It's interesting. Okay. And because because a part of me always um I was applying like my intuitive gifts, the more they started coming, coming back. And as I was aware of where my gifts were, I had this uh, connection, this connection to my ancestors. And they would say, go here, go there, take your mom. Right. So when my mom visited me in Spain for the first time, the first place she touched like earth was Galicia in Europe mm. with me. Okay. You know, and then um, after that, you know, we went to Portugal together. After that, you know, England, Ireland together. So my ancestry, um, a Scottish as well. I mean, there's just so many pieces that I was being guided. I was being called. And I feel like whichever aspect of this, you know, this greater story that makes up our, our soul, whichever aspect calls us, it can be the inner child, it can be, you know, the higher self, it can be the ancestors, so our own blood and DNA speaking to us saying, try, 
try this out this needs your attention this needs your love right now this needs your awareness you don't have to have all the answers uh all the answers to why but when you have the call if you don't listen it kills you on the inside that i know from experience and it's what i do in my work it's how i help people realize that their story it's so beautiful to live this life and know that every chapter it needs your all it needs your devotion it needs your attention if you're in the chapter of your life where you're raising your family that needs so much love care attention to have the home be a certain way the environment the energy be right for your connections and and everything for them to unfold i'm not a mother yet but i know this and whenever it is your chapter to dive into your inner child wounds or your mm. healing or your relational you know um wounds maybe it doesn't have to do with your childhood maybe it has to do with your first partners that's another piece that can be a whole other separate conversation but the um the power is in just surrendering to that cycle on that time period where you need you need to do that work because it will make mm -hmm. so much space it will create the space for you to be lighter and freer and more playful and more loving and and there we go back to the inner child because those are the realms of the inner child for me freedom creativity imagination where anything is possible that spark in the child they just knows that anything you want to do you, you can you can give it your all where you end up doesn't matter it's just what are you giving in that moment to to your life yeah yeah that made me think how when we finish the program because this is a six weeks or six session program many many of my clients start wanting to paint or sing or do something creative and yeah that's so typical from a healed inner child because if you see children children don't have any problem to sing to paint and as adults we grow and and we think there are some born artists and and some no, are not and which is really not true we all can be creative but this creativity or wanting to to do something new uh, opens up and it's really nice to to see mm. But when you are not yet there, yeah, all these streets are difficult to find, you know? This spark you are describing is is there, but it's, it's not yet shining alive because there's too much weight on the shoulders of the child. I mean, the inner child. Mm -hmm slash the adults as well because what we we still carry these 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 burdens yeah mm -hmm. do you feel that the land of our birth has a huge maybe role in in 
if we were to maybe personify like the land where we were born so it could be the city or the town or the village does that have its own um i guess like spirit in the story of our inner child in your in your mm. world it might be but i am not uh not considering that part in the work i do i can talk about my own call to to be more and more in contact with my land of origin and also yeah i have some i know one of my grandparents was from the andes but the first time i came to cusco that was like uh 25 years ago, I fell in love with this, specifically Urubamba. And I I thought this was paradise. And I kept saying when people, I lived in Holland and I, yeah, it was very interesting that mm, every time anybody asked me, what's your favorite spot in the world? I was saying Urubamba. And, you know, and of course, there are many, many, many lovely, amazing places. But for me, this was paradise with all problems, because Peru is a very complicated uh, land. But still, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it has my heart. Yeah. <laughs> So if Holland is one of the flattest places in the world, <laughs> so people who are listening can understand, Urubamba is about 10,000 feet elevation, at least at least that, if not higher than that. So it's I like- I don't know feet, I can say, yeah. In meters, do you know more or less? Meters, it's... yeah, it's, here is it's three, thousand something and Cusco is I think five thousand around that and these are not the highest mountains of course but the highest yeah there are yeah the cities the Apuno is higher but yeah it's it's high <laughs> mm -hmm. not only in the landscape but in many ways because yeah Holland is is pretty predictable and here is more yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's more, more crazy. Fluid, maybe. Fluid. Okay. <laughs> I, I've lived yeah, I've there. a few months, yeah. three months, three good months in Urubamba. Of all the places in, in Peru, yeah. only Cusco and Urubamba, I, I can say I, I spent a good amount of time mm -hmm. um, there in the energies and what you said about the mountain earlier, how the mountain can be like art and the mm. hummingbird. For me, I've made this connection before that when I lived in Urubamba, it was very quiet where I lived. I mean, the most noise I could hear is if somebody was constructing a, a new a new house mm. or doing some renovations on a house you know, a mm -hmm. little bit away from nothing is right on top of each other. They're pretty spread out in this, in this, um, where I was, but the 
entertainment for me was watching the stars at night mm. and watching the mountain in the day. My window um, had mountains on two sides of my bedroom. My kitchen had a view of also the mountains and my my balcony where I would smoke mm -hmm. my tobacco and say my prayers and play music and just like you said, watch the birds had full range of the mountains of Urubamba. And for me, that was a very, very pivotal moment of mm. deciding um, that the that the earth heals and that the mother heals us. So mm. I like to bring the mother in and I have mm. some questions about the mother because um, my intention with the inner child healing that I've done personally was always to really improve not only my life but the lives of my my parents by by proxy you know when we heal it directly affects the people that we're connected to the people that we're related to and if you leave those burdens about your pain stories when you were a child, you also don't realize what effect that's having on directly those people that were a part of that story. You're creating space for them to see, wait, what am I carrying from also my child? And it goes back and back and back. And so my mother and I have been doing a lot of healing. And last year specifically, I took her um, several times to the desert outside of Los Angeles, where I live. It's about an hour and a half away, and it's very, very quiet and peaceful there. And there's mountains all around, and it's hot. It is like desert, desert. It's one of the almost one of the hottest parts of the world. And my mom loves the desert, so the challenge was okay how can we enjoy the nature the peace the beauty but also i really wanted to do some inner child healing with her the first time that we went and it wasn't hard we just let like we just let the joy and we let the imagination the curiosity we really let that lead in that um weekend that we were there and the next time we went back i said okay now i want to heal the mother child relationship like to another level so I created a cacao ceremony for us twice in the three days that we were in the desert and one of the nights. Um, that we drank cacao and you know went to sleep. When my mom went to sleep I stayed at my altar I had made a little altar I had a candle I had um beautiful oracle cards and and an intention and my intention was for the next day to be even more healing for our relationship and the next day we were on the land again very early in the morning because it's very hot you can't even be there outside really for for much time in the daytime because you'll just you're just dripping with sweat. It's so hot. You're thirsty. You can't walk anywhere. It's it's intense. It's strong, strong energies. So mm -hmm. I made the intention for our time on the land to be very, um, very powerful and for us to just be guided where we needed to go. And that that in itself would be very healing for us. 
And so we were guided to two spaces, one of them being this beautiful um, rock mountain that has the face of a lion. It almost looks like a sphinx and it's just a natural rock formation, very beautiful. And we did the trail together walking there. And then my mom was really tired. So she said, I'm gonna stop here. We were still about maybe 100 meters away from the very base of the mountain, the rock formation. And she said, you can continue all the way there. I'll wait for you. And she was covered by a little, um, a little shade and the signage um, had like some information about the place where we were. And I said, okay, I'm going to continue. But before I walked up to the mountain, I smoked my tobacco and I didn't know my mom was taking photos of me smoking my beautiful pipe. And then I continued walking up to the mountain and the mountain had this energy of a mother, not a male lion. It was a feminine lion it was a lioness it was like a lion mother and mm. i know for me what lion mother it is it's um an egyptian goddess that's well known um and she's called sekhmet so she told me there she said i i have i am sekhmet i'm this energy and i had already known her energy from before from when i was in egypt i was in some places that were connected with her in one of her temples and i was just sobbing like i was just crying because she told me there she said anything that you need to let go of from your childhood from your your pain with your parents from your pain in your family she's like just let me take it just give it over to me surrender it to me and i did i said take it i don't need these stories anymore um i want the spaciousness to fly and it was very um very early in the morning starting to get very hot but then this this really hot wind came and just blew all around me. And I was like, I know what, I know what that is. And that's like, that's the desert energy that like dances around you and the wind just like takes things, right? So for me, that's what it was. It was a clearing. The hot yeah. wind of the desert came and blew off basically the stories, oh. the energies, oh. the pain that I was carrying. Yeah like but from the mother the mother was saying just give it over to me i will take it and i will transform it and for me that will always be with me because my mom was there on the other you know at the other end of that um trail before reaching the mountain she was there and when i walk back down you know she's the first person i see so i was having this like bigger mother this kind of earth mother and then my biological mother my mother who raised me and i just mm. felt a really really profound healing from that experience and i know that for every person it's going to be different maybe maybe the father's more important maybe both you know mm. yeah. but for me yeah so it always comes back to the mother for me maybe because i'm i'm a woman <laughs> and, <laughs> it's possible yeah it's possible yeah, I have a story of, of, yeah, what you described, somehow I had it in visions, not physical, not, uh, but in visions, in meditation, and I have done some healing 
of my inner of the inner child of my mom and when i called her i i was in holland and i described how i saw her how much yeah she suffered and she said yeah that's exactly how i felt and she was crying and crying that was in the phone and i have the feeling that this was a very healing experience for her that i saw her suffering in a vision and i describe it and she felt seen in her pain in her also feeling alone and you know because yeah that's one of the most hard things of children that sometimes they cannot share their pain nobody supports or validates what they have experienced or are experiencing and in this process of me seeing her how she was living in which conditions how how she felt suddenly this weight of being alone with her pain was lifted yeah and i had a different but also in a kind of vision thing that's how I started having contact with my inner child. I was going through a lot of sadness and I was crying. I was alone in my house and spontaneously I felt I had to have a big mother because I felt I was in the energy of the, yeah, the wounded child. And I put cushions around my body and lie down and I cried for I don't know how how long I lost track but imagining a mother who was holding me and telling me yeah it was hard I'm with you you can cry as much as you want as you need and I will be with you and she validated also my pain and that was transformative I think better than any yeah therapy I have done in the past was this space of an imaginary mom I created also without even knowing the concept of inner child at that time but I thought wow and and I had more episodes where I was splitting because in this experience I felt that I was really much more in the energy of the child called by the mom but in other experiences that were also in visions i was both the mother and the child talking and holding and doing what is inner child work without even knowing this was what i was doing but it was my inner wisdom that calling this this big motherly energy that can just be loving and be with you because this is what we needed then as children but sometimes there were no time no conscious whatever was the reason we were left alone or maybe even you know felt that we are were invisible or yeah the ranch is is endless but there were nobody for us to make us feel we mattered yeah and then suddenly is this imaginary energy of the mother that was there for me and 
I remember after all the, the crying, I started feeling hungry and I felt, okay, this is over. I'm back and I feel my body and I want to cook. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we all have this wisdom, I realize. Also, I see it every time my sessions that sometimes they suggest some solution that is incredible that I cannot give it because they 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 have it. Mm-hmm. I bring I create a space, I make it safe for them, but then the wisdom boom, comes up, you know, in many different forms. Yeah. I love I love that because when you said earlier that we think, you know, artists are specific type of gifted people or you know, mm. they just they're born that way. When you truly, truly go on a journey with the inner child, you don't only gain the wisdom that they that they carry inherently, mm. inherently from source, from just being a, a seed, you know, in the cosmos that eventually wants to come be human in an incarnation here, but they also carry this eternal like um an umbilical cord let's say their umbilical cord is always connected to source and that's how they can stream infinite um ideas creations imaginations beauty you know love frequencies because they're never disconnected they are always still connected to source and i i say source mother and father you know creation um and that image of like this umbilical cord it's i can see it i can i can literally feel it from my like from my solar plexus area or my belly button you could say and so i'm going to bring in one more thing that i i feel cusco is offering us because Mm. cusco is called el ombligo del mundo (laughs) that's so true which means the belly button of the world. And somehow with Lake Titicaca also carrying this energy in the grid um, of the planet as, a, as the sacral, the sacral waters mm. of the planet, or you could say like the sacral chakra. Some p- people consider Lake Titicaca the sacral chakra of the planet. That part of the world, very close to where you are living, does seem to carry this very important um, mother piece, the womb, mm. the waters, and also the belly button, the power of, of us being connected to a mother at some point, physically growing in the waters of our mother before we ever emerge into you know our physical incarnation. So I think you cannot have the child without the mother, and you cannot have... Yes, the father is here too, but there something about the mother wants to just be offered for people that want to um, just understand that this this journey is perfect. There is no part of you that cannot be be remembered as whole again. Mm. That wholeness that I know of my golden solar inner child, you know. 
um, it just wants to offer that the mother is a key the mother and the greater mother and the greater story of of how we're connected thank you so much for coming and sharing and opening your heart and also just transmitting a lot of frequencies thank you thank you too for everything else and yeah this is space it's very beautiful i'm going to give people in the description of this podcast ways to find you to find your work so they can maybe go on their own journey a workshop um a one-on-one if they need or desire to connect to the inner child or maybe even if they desire to introduce this to maybe their mother or their father or somebody that could benefit because we all every single one of us has the inner child or the inner children yeah true (laughs) and every one of us needs a little bit of extra love i think Mm -hmm. yeah thank you ariana it was lovely thank you sending so much love to urubamba and those mountains (laughs) thank you also much love your way Oh, <laughs>